When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome to the podcast. Now, training super important for a lot of shops. Everybody has their own approach. Uh, Carlo uh, Sabuco, I've spoken to him before and had him on the show before and has a uh, kind of unique approach to training. And uh, recently, it's one that took him right across the country and actually uh, into the U.S. on, on the training journey. So, uh, Carlo, welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Um, so... I hope in saying that you have a, a, a unique, perhaps, approach to training. Maybe we'll start there and then, you know, we'll talk about this journey that you, you've just uh, uh, completed. Well, for me, training is, you know, like a discussion in the past, training's a um, a huge thing for me here. From uh, It's always been from the technician standpoint. So private training, bringing trainers in. Uh, getting away from the traditional uh, evenings, weekends training, and it's been more technician focused. We've done that with advisors, but for myself, I've always been in training for as long as I've been in the industry. Um, but it started off as advisor training. It start then it went over to technical training, and as an owner, I came up through all the different management training companies and learned management training. Uh, and then as I've evolved out of management, it's become more leadership training. Um, and the journey out to the West Coast was originally to see a uh, facility, an electric vehicle facility, uh, a peer of mine that runs a shop out there and gleam how he runs it and the operations. And that led into just watching his people, how they interact with each other, how certain people on his team step up to the plate and and really um, empower themselves to take control in the back shop, which is a leadership quality. Well, so, um, Seals Auto is, you know, they're based in Oakville in, in you know, Southern Ontario. And, and uh, yep. I mean, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's one of the, I mean, there's still, I don't know if you can say there's a massively uh, high population of EVs on the road, but certainly, you know, Golden Horseshoe where Oakville is, I mean, there's, you know, it's among the areas where where Quite a few. some some vehicles being sold and being driven. Um, and and uh, is it is it? I don't want to do too much of a segue into the EV side of it. Uh, but uh, is it is it something that for you you position as still pretty forward looking? Are you seeing many coming into the shop? Or yeah, we see we've seen way more. Uh, and that's I market towards that. I see way more of them coming into the shop because now they're reaching the end of their warranty or the resale market. So they're coming in for inspections for reselling and people are always asking, what's the range on the battery? How can you test it? Can you verify the quality of this vehicle before I purchase it? That's what we're typically seeing more of. Um, but to see a volume or a high scale of it, no, um, not at this stage. And part of the trip uh, when I went out to the West Coast was to really know, like, how deep do we got to get into this stuff? You know, like, 
you know, we're all going to training classes. We're all going to EV training classes. But the reality is, like my team have told me, Carl, unless we start seeing a volume of it, all the training, we can't put it to practice because we're only seeing it every couple of months, something difficult or complicated. So it's no different than an apprentice learning how to do rear drum brakes. If you don't do them all the time, you sort of start to forget. So the purpose of this trip was to see how deep do we really need to get as a shop? And I think it's, we need to be um, top of market in this area because Tesla's in this area and, and Oakville has a higher income. So those vehicles are typically purchased because the price tag on them. Um, I think our technicians need to be specialized a one or two people need to be specialized in the maintenance and or the diagnostics of it. So that's the way we sort of building traction. And I think it's a, um, you got to grow great roots right now in training for that three to five year. Cause yes, it's going to come. I heard the spe- statistics saying by 2030, 40% or 45% of all market vehicles sold are going to have an EV component to them. Um, ice engines aren't going anywhere, um, quite frankly. Um, so it's a big change. I was in, uh, Paris and I got to see what we're, our market's going to look like in a few years. Paris was, um, littered with hybrid and EV vehicles. The, the stations were charging stations were all like, they had them everywhere. We're going to be the same way at some point, but, um, it's important for us to train our techs for that. And I do think that the market share is going to slowly grow. Um, but having all your techs trained in EVs, I don't think that's, I don't think that's really necessary. I think they know to, to know the core systems, steering suspension brakes. Um, and it also, and when I went out to the West coast, I also learned some things that EVs are um, great jobs to work on with the highest skilled person but they're not necessarily the most profitable job. So lessons learned is, you know what, you may want to work on these things, but they suck up a lot of time. They take your highest skilled people to work on them. And at times the cost of what you're billing is sometimes challenging because of the complexity of these jobs that you're getting yourself into. So it's a double-edged sword. We want to do them, but how do we, how do we, I'd rather do breaks and ball joints sometimes as a shop owner than work on a, you know, inverter on a, on a vehicle or some of the Facebook posts with these guys spending hours on Teslas. Um, so it, we still have a profitable business to try to run. Sure. So let me just take you back to the ground level a little bit here. You, you know, you've got uh, this, uh, uh, you know, a friend, uh, I guess, a uh, peer uh, runs a, uh, is it a, is it a specialty shop uh, for EVs? Is, no, uh, he he's he's um, Scott Waddle Precision Auto out in um, Langley, BC. Uh, Scott's probably well known in the industry. Um, he's probably one of the f- foremost uh, shop owners that I know on the West Coast that are dealing with the electric vehicle market. His son is, um, quite frankly, his son's a genius at this stuff to watch him work on these things. Um, but they do quite a few of them, you know, um, and and they they take on the challenges of the EVs. So it's a portion of his business. He's one of the few shops that I've come across that are actually not just doing, you know, filters and wiper blades. They're actually getting into the 
subcomponents and and doing either a repair or replacement on them. Right, right. When you walked into his shop, uh, you know, with obviously you've got kind of EV uh, in mind as far as what you're trying to learn. Uh, what's you know one of the first things that you noticed about uh, about the setup there? Is it does it look like a conventional shop or is it uh, uh, a bit different? He's got a brand new gorgeous shop that just got built. So you no, know, the whole the whole you know it's it's brand new so the whole entire facility is is just speaks of professionalism um his son has quite a well established area um with scan tools and and they're definitely using the OEM platforms to gain access to information so when we talk about hey i can't get this i can't get that they're just using OEM sites, you know, they're just, you pay for the service and away you go. Um, they've got a lot of the um, hybrid and EV technologies for doing repairs. Um, and they get into, they had a BMW i series in there um, for no air conditioning, no warning lights or anything. They just had a BMW in there with a, uh, no AC and they had the entire rear end of this thing ripped apart um, because it was a burned out module uh, in it. So it was interesting to see that go, wow, I'm like, even things that we don't even think about are going to be complex repairs. And, you know, um, the story he tells of how to get parts for this thing was quite the journey. So it's not a, it's not that easy. And it also tied up a hoist for quite a while. So, but his, his facility is, is, is set up for that. Uh, and he also, Scott's also a, a, a good businessman. He also knows that. Um, there are other areas or other target markets to go after, and he's going after those target markets as well, including the EV side, um, just because of where Langley and BC, there's a very strong hybrid EV market out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just uh, out there uh, in early April for uh, for the Lord, Lord Co. Auto Parts uh, event. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's impossible to ignore uh, the on the road vehicles in operation in Vancouver and kind of that area, um, there's a it's a noticeably higher proportion of EVs than I see in in most other areas uh, of the country, right? So I mean it makes sense, you know. But, yep. Um, yep. There's 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 scatterings. Quebec is a heavy EV sector. This area of the GTA uh, again is because of income and BC again more the environmental aspect of it and ev owners are unique they're they're there's a certain style of ev owner you no know, ones who have the cash flow to buy those vehicles and they just do what they do and there are other ones who are very technical and very um frugal at, at watching the energy efficiency and that also means frugal as in do I really need to do the brake service? Do I really need to do this? Do I really need to do that? Because they're looking at costs per kilometer. Um, so sometimes you love those customers. Sometimes you don't love those customers. Um, but that's part of that new EV generation. Like that's just who they are. Right. So it's beyond, I mean, that's probably a whole podcast on its own is talking, maybe five podcasts, uh, talking about the the, the customer, uh, the EV driver as a customer and the differences there. But uh, so you so you went you you uh, visited uh, your friend at Precision Auto in Langley. Uh, what did what did you find? What did you find that that uh, really uh, surprised you? On the you know you went out there to kind of see how they're managing things with their training and and their the business. But uh, you told me before we came on here that that uh, you started thinking about some other things too. 
Yeah, the, the original purpose was to see the aspects of the EVs. And then it led into just how their facility runs. I, I like whenever I visit a shop, I'm always looking at the culture, engagement, the people. Um, and in his particular facility, he had some really key um, technicians who took a leadership sort of role in, in the morning sort of the call it the morning huddle, the morning meeting and, and just full engagement, full in, you know, Hey guys, this is where we got to go today. This is what our problems are going to be. This is what's going to happen. And, and, and hands up in the air, let's get it done. And, you know, Scott wasn't doing it. It was, it was one of his people. And I saw leadership in that. And I started paying attention to see how they engage socially. And there's leadership aspects of this team. And that's good on Scott as an owner, to have people that go through and and um, he can empower them and they take care of things. So that was a good segue into going down into Seattle to ATE. Yeah, so um, now we're crossing the border here. Yep. <laughs> so so a trip across to see some shops and all of a sudden it's like, hey, there's some training out here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of the opportunity and the trip to to uh, continue to build. Uh, yep your own uh, 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 skill sets, right? So uh, correct. Uh, talk, let's talk about that. I mean, I know you introduced it, but uh, uh, talk about what was ATE uh, and, and what did you find there? And, and uh, what do you ATE is, um, I've, I've done it a number of years ago, Automotive Training Expo. Um, it's a fairly um, large size event from technical management, leadership training. Uh, a lot of the um, great trainers, in North America are present there, similar to Vision uh, and some of the other big events that go on. Um, I've been to all of them. Everybody should go to all of them. Um, but it was, AT was specifically for me, it was about um, leadership classes. They had some good classes there that were presented based on leadership. Um, I, I've been down the advisor and I've been down the technical stuff before, so several of the classes caught my attention. So if I was on the West Coast, I might as well travel downwards to ATE and and go get some learning there and meet up with some other shop owners at the same time. Again, it's I find the success within our industry is sometimes not necessarily what happens in the classroom. It's the people you meet in the class or outside of the classroom that take you to another level of success. And sometimes I'm I'm at these events uh, just talking to shop owners about their shop and their problems and. I get more out of that than sometimes I do out of the class. So there's a, a another reason for sometimes doing these events is to meet someone who um, just may show you something new. That's a really big part of it. Um, but for me, it's it's for the last little while as I've transitioned from, you know, um, advisor through the floor into being a manager and you can be a good manager, but I realized, you know, talking with um another business associate, you know, it's a difference between being a manager and a really good one and being a leader. Um, and we sometimes get them confused and Hey, that's my personal, my, that's my personal thing. Um, I thought I was a great leader in my business. I'm a really good manager, the operations, the process, the systems, um, duties and responsibilities, but leadership is is about empowering others to step up to the plate, um, to find problems within others and um, having them see the problem and growing them from within. And that's been my sort of journey and my sort of challenge. Um, 
you know, it's one of the trainers said, you know, old white guy shop owner syndrome, you know, <laughs> and, and the reality is, is we have a generation of shop owners who have grown up with, uh, this is how you got to do, get it done and, and don't question it. And a lot of those shop owners might you know, even in our business, it was like that. And new ways of doing things. You look at other companies, other corporations. It's about trying to get the people engaged, uh, trying to go through and figure out hey, if you've got a problem with an employee, it's not just finger point at them. It's okay. How do we work together to solve this? How do we grow you? They may have some internal conflicts with themselves and it's easy to toss the person out and start over again to fire them. Or it's tougher as a leader to go and try to work with them to try to figure out what the problem is and grow them. And that's really where my journey has been is um, I thought, you know, hey, Carlo, I've got leadership under my belt and I'm good at this. And no, I'm just like a technician. I I think I'm a good manager um, with the operation, but I'm struggle or I challenge to really take that next step and they say people are born leaders. I completely agree with it. I've met people who are complete visionaries in other industries, but they can't manage at all. Sure. You know, they just don't, they, that's why they have managers. They delegate it off. So the question has always been, well, can a manager be a leader and can a leader be a manager? Can you be both or do those two separate people in your business? And I think you could be both, but it's, it's, a, it's no different than our technicians. You got to train and learn to grow that way. And I think that's my personal challenge is I'm going to these events and learning how to just be a better leader in the, uh, in the operations over and above a good manager. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation and with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. When you were out there having these kinds of uh, sidebar conversations with other shop owners, and uh, I would imagine you kind of explained your challenge uh, going from a manager, thinking you were a, man a good leader, but really a manager. Did 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 other shop owners kind of nod and say, you know, I had to do the journey too, or uh, you know, I'm in the journey. I think most, I think most people think I'm crazy. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's tough because um, if shop owners are in the business. If you're an advisor, you're a technician and running it, you can have leadership skills, but you're in the business. And businesses run really smooth when you're in it, in some cases. You know, if you're a service advisor slash owner, I catch all the balls before they fall. Um, I can deal with the customer issues, the conflicts, the parts delays, like the, the machine runs really well when the owner's in it, or if he's an owner tech quality control is excellent. He's catching, he's listening, he's there to answer questions. But when you move as an owner out of those jobs, out of those paths, so you're out of the advisor, you're not in it anymore, you're out of the technician and now you're running the place. So you're whether you're doing the bookkeeping or the operations, you're in that manager seat now. 
Right. And quite quite literally it, it, walking up the stairs for the mezzanine office and all that stuff is happening downstairs, right? So correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. And a lot of us, that's where we we stay. You know, that's where we that's that is um our career path. We run our operations, we manage them, um, we build our processes, we're looking at numbers, dashboards, financials, you know, all that um high-level stuff that we weren't seeing before. But then it's that next step where I see several shop owners and I've come across quite a few of them where they transition out from managing and have multi-locations or they move into absentee ownership um, and leave a manager behind. But again, that leadership role is um, what exactly does it look like when you transition from manager is hey, you know, who's the person who's still got the vision of the company? Who's the person who's pulling stuff out of the air and saying, which direction do we want to go? Everybody follow me. And who's the person that's still working with the manager to deal with issues within the shop? You know, you have a conflict with uh, an employee, you know, in our operations. I've got the same issues as everybody else. You know, the guy who puts his head down and grinds and goes and does his hours, the other person who, you know, is a struggle and a challenge to deal with long-term employees who know who get it, who can do it on their own, but they can't think two steps ahead. I've had all those types of employees. I just, in my, the manager, me in the old days was to fire them, send them on their way. Let's start over. But the cost to find people, the cost to onboard them, and then realizing, you know, Dave Shadeen, you know, one, you know, there's always three fingers pointing back when you right, point yes. a finger at somebody. Dave's always been right with that is, could I have done a better job at leading them, you know, getting over um, their internal problems? Right. You know, right. Could, could I, could I, could I have worked with them? Yeah. And it sounds like there's a kind of a combination here from what you're, you know, uh, in your journey, uh, your leadership journey is a combination of mindset, but also like real tools, like like genuine training. How do you do this? How do you have these conversations? What do you look for? Like checklists, I don't know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Does that sound about right? Yep. Yeah, because again, you know, it, from when I was, uh, you know, when I have the manager hat on, it, you look at hiring somebody. We have a checklist for when we take the phone call. We have a checklist when we do one-on-ones. We have a checklist of all these processes and stuff. All that stuff is good. And that's a really good manager. And then I'm thinking, okay, so put your leadership hat is sitting down in a, in a one-on-one with hiring somebody and not just saying, Hey, you know what, we need to do steering suspension and brakes, but that leadership hat is where do you want to go in your life? How can I help you get there? What do you want? You know, I've noticed that you've gone to four different operations and worked at those four different places. What is it in those four places that didn't instill, you know, belief in those automotive shops? How can I instill belief that this place is a long-term relation for you? How do I how do I set that path of success for you? Completely different questions. Right. And those are taken more from a, a leadership standpoint. And on top of that, how do I get top people within, depending on the size of your operation, how do I pass that on to the shop foreman or a, a manager in the front office? How do I pass that mindset to them to say, I know you're the shop foreman and we've asked you to go and teach the new apprentices, but just don't go over there and help them and do it. You need to go over there and say, Hey, what's causing your problem. I've already showed you this twice. Typical old school. The guy sucks. You know what? Like you can't get this. You can't get it done. Carl, like we need to fire this guy and go find someone better. Okay. Let's find out why can't he get it? Well, 
you start digging a little bit deeper and you find out and start asking questions, again, leadership hat on, you start asking questions and you realize that his way of learning, he needs to repeat the process 10, 12, 15 times. He, he can't read a book. And we have that within our trade. He just can't read paper. He can't watch a video and go, I get it. Like no digital training. He's that, he's that employee who I need, I'm sorry. I need to take it apart 10, 15 times. I'm going to break it once or twice, but once I got it, they got it. And, and that's the case. And a shop foreman has to be taught to talk like that. And that comes from people like us who are leading this organization it's it's expensive to find new people and everybody's saying the same thing in our trade right now can't find techs um the guys don't want to work hard enough they can't hit their produced hours um can't 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 and i'm thinking i'm not assuming blame in my shop i'm assuming that i think i could work a little harder and try to work with those people and try to make them better uh and improve the culture and by no means is my place you know perfect i've been to a lot of shops where people just naturally have it they just, the team just naturally jives together they get along they're so friendly um and the owner's like i don't know that's just the way they are like it's great <laughs> i i need to work on that so hence the little bit more training at at ate um about you know trying to make sure that we just sort of step up and embrace our people um and and do a better job at trying to find out to see how do we make it better for them. You know, it's easier. I find it easier with, if you've got staff that are say late forties, early fifties and higher, they have that old school mentality. They just put their nose down and they just go. Um, and we love it, but you get someone younger and it's like, they're not nose down type people like these, like I got to talk to them a different way and I got to ask questions a different way. And they don't want to really tell me everything. And I got to probe about them a different skill set. That's why the old joke in the classes at ATE was, you know, old white guy um, management mentality. Yeah, it's got to change. Right. Right. Well, that's a great, uh, great message to note to, to kind of wrap up on. Certainly, uh, you know, everybody could stand uh, to uh, pay attention to their leadership skills. You know, it sounds uh, uh, very much like uh, Carlos is spending time uh, and, uh, you know, and resources to, to do that. Learning about other businesses, spending time in those businesses, really taking an open look at it and, and uh, you know, a wide view uh hope I'm not kind of putting too many words enough, but leadership uh, skills that actually build leaders in your organization, super important for the future of the business. And uh, as anybody who has in any business knows, if you can make a business that runs without you, that's, that's, that's your main accomplishment, right? So good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Carlo, uh, for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Uh, thank you everybody else for listening. And remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and they'll, Catch you next time on the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. 
Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.